welcome, I'm Jean Parker, and you're listening to Discovering How, a podcast of the ethical business building the future organization. We're a global learning community using our workplaces to build a better future. On today's program, we're discovering how ethical business can build the future by transitioning toward the spiritual enterprise. We'll learn about soul branding from Elsie Mayo, founder and CEO of Humanity Inc. and the Soul Branding Institute. And we'll learn about spiritually transformative impact investing. But first, we'll hear from Mark Rivers about how he uses his position as the CFO of one of the world's largest pharma companies to apply spiritual values that give meaning to the work of his global team of financial controllers. The thing about work that uh, is, is important to remember is it's a collection of souls that are gathered together to achieve a mission and to achieve a purpose. And, uh, and so it's so important to, keep, to kind of bear that in mind, right? Uh, and what is the best way uh, for uh, these souls to be able to work together effectively, to collaborate together, to achieve whatever mission it is that, they're, that they've gathered together to achieve. So in my specific case, it's in healthcare, right? That's kind of the purpose. What I find myself doing is, is thinking a lot about um, how can we um, make, and, and within healthcare, my specific responsibility is finance, right? And so, um, so probably the moments where, where I started to think about it the most was uh, when I first took over this role and, uh, and I had a conference to prepare. And, and I was thinking to myself, well, what am I going to say at this, uh, at this gathering, right, of, 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 world leader, of the global leaders of this, of this department? And, um, and you know, I, I could just kind of keep it uh, the way it's always been, sort of talk about uh, finance, talk about these sort of uh, day-to-day things. Um, but I wanted to um, somehow take it to a, a different level. And, uh, and make people think about more deeply what is it that we're actually trying to achieve. And, and so I started to think about it in terms of like, you know, purpose, first of all. What is really our purpose? And not just our purpose, but what sh- is our noble purpose as, um, as finance? And what's our noble purpose as a, as a company? And, uh, and so may, then I started to think about finance more and more, you know, and of course there's this horrible reputation in the world somehow, right? Uh, the evil finance and all of that. Is there anything noble and worthwhile at all out of that? Well, as do pharmaceutical companies. Well, for that matter. So you can see it's evil upon evil, right? It's sort of, uh, <laughs> you know, what, is there any good in any of all that? Um, but, you know, I, so I think that's why it's even more important to really uh, ponder about that. You know, what is it? And so, of course, for pharma, um, I think there is a noble purpose in that. I mean, what's more noble than trying to figure out to solve health health problems and health issues and how to how to um, you know improve lives? Uh, that that is a noble purpose. Uh, and if we have to, we have to keep reminding ourselves that is the noble purpose, you know, and 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 ask are we are we living according to that purpose or not? Um, and then secondly, within that, uh, as a, as w- one specific department as part of that part of that uh, company, what is, if there, is there anything noble about being in finance? And so the thing that I, that, that I grasped onto is, uh, that I see noble about finance, is it's about seeking truth. All right, I think that, if there's a noble purpose about mm-hmm. finance, that's what it is. So for example, if you're uh, the general manager of a company or the, the head of a company and you have your, your finance uh, person next to you, um, you want to be able to turn to your finance person and have confidence that that person is going to give you the objective truth 
in terms of describing what is the situation that the company's facing, what are the results, what's happened in the past, but also when looking forward and trying to decide what we're going to do going forward, what are really the options, what are the pros and cons of the different options that we have in front of us. Uh, you know, that you're getting this, this unadulterated sort of objective truth um, to help you in the decision-making process, right? And that's quite noble. What's more noble than that, right? Now, some people would say, oh, this is all about profit and, and using the financial data, uh, running some analytics and <clears throat> figuring out how to maximize profit. The factor of nobility, though, is probably something not a lot of people consider when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to organizations like this so tell me how nobility gets factored into financial analytic data in a profit making company yeah yeah no absolutely and i think that's um what i liked about using specifically that word noble is uh by using words like that i think it calls to us to a part of us that that maybe we don't always access you know and um, because the reality is, if we really are spiritual beings that are um, you know, doing all this, you know, going through this life, then uh, I think that that spiritual part of us, it resonates with words like noble, uh, right? And, um, and I think that's helpful, actually, because we have to be reminded about um, constantly uh, to strive for the higher good, the higher purpose, and all those things. So, so I think by using that word, that deliberately, that helps kind of uh, remind us of that. Because as you point out, I mean, for sure, uh, there are all kinds of um, problems and um, and deficiencies in the way society is uh, is set up. And one of them is, uh, you know, is materialism and um, uh, and, uh, and and seeking profit just for the sake of profit, for example, I think that also uh, can, is is something that can be very destructive, and so we have to constantly remind ourselves to to rise above that, um, and um, and just keep asking ourselves what is is are we delivering on that higher purpose, right? Um, uh, I mean, profit in in that sense for me is a proxy for. Um, for achieving the higher purpose, the real higher good that we're trying to achieve, uh, even as a company, uh, you know, the, is um, uh, is to come up with ways to cure diseases, to make uh, people better, um, and we have to do this in a sustainable way. The bigger problem for society is how do we um, how do we come up with a model which, uh, on the one hand, advances scientific understanding and knowledge. Um, and, uh, and improves gradually uh, the, the level of health in society, which unleashes then the potential of humanity to, to do even more things, right? So um, I think that's somehow the, the objective, but I don't think anyone's figured out the perfect model for, for how to do that, um, and we have to keep, I think, pushing for, for ways to perfect that. But, um, um, but you know, I, I don't mind uh, thinking of profit as a, as a way of... Um, Striving, because it's also important that we're efficient, that we're uh, that we're not wasting resources. I think that's also noble. There's nothing uh, not noble about that, and uh, and profit is uh, a, you know for 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 the most part a pretty good incentive to uh, you know to, to to achieve that. I believe that if we're if we're true to that that higher purpose, then we will be rewarded for that, right? And um, and uh, and you know an enterprise will will be able to be 
sustainable. Where things have gone wrong, uh, in you know, if you look at other industries or other companies or um, in in the uh, economic system we have today, is where uh, it's become extremely short-term. Right? It's all about um, what can you do this quarter, and you'll sacrifice the future for today. Uh, we have to learn to think uh, much more holistically. Um, and uh, with, with, a, with a sense of justice as well, I think factors into that. Maybe that's, that's a good um, measuring stick for helping to decide whether uh, whether decision is good or bad, right? Um, and somehow that's what life is, right? It's a series of decisions, and you're doing your best to try to make the best decision each time. Elsie Mayo is the founder and CEO of Humanity, Inc., Soul Branding Institute. She helps companies transform their purpose, relationships, and results through discovering how to apply their spiritual values. She began by explaining why companies seek out her approach. Companies come to us and the leaders of organizations come to us for different reasons. And the commonality is that there's some kind of a misalignment between um, what the, the current state of the organization is and uh, their vision or goal. It's organizations where, you know, there's this uh, kind of, they could taste their passion to, to be more of themselves. They're not sure how to align their internal fire with what's relevant from a business and commerce point of view. How do they discover this in their internal processes and reviewing their mission and talking about their mission, their vision, and so forth? How do they discover this misalignment? These are the kinds of organizations that are waiting for the world to catch up with them. We uh, have uh, a track record of helping them to actually find the sweet spot where their ambition to be you know, the company of the future and the market's preference to do business with a company like that meet. As the millennials are coming in, and millennials are exerting very clear preferences for companies that are um, nimble, agile, direct, and contributors to society in a very explicit way. Typically, it's those who are just more self-aware and more integrated to begin with. Can you give me some concrete examples of clients, people that you've worked with, who have really undergone transformation uh, in their companies because of discovering what you call soul branding, which we're going to get to next? One of them is Triados Bank. Um, and Triados was founded essentially in alignment with the principles of Rudolf Steiner. Um, I'm not an expert on, on his philosophy, but I do know how Triados helped me understand their founding, which is it's the assumption that money and finance is a means, not an end. And it is a means of um, fertilizing economies for the well-being of society. So Triados Bank is a bank. And with this very clear sense of uh, purpose, had a set of values that, um, that guided its behaviors. For example, uh, what customers it would lend to. Over the years, they became more and more explicit about that. They actually looked at, at what they as a bank were helping to promote and grow by lending to such and such a company. 
So they're already successful. They're profitable for the 20 odd years that they had been in existence. You know, the joy of this was like helping them to discover that actually the world was, the larger world was ready for what it was that they were offering while also uh, being profitable and responsible to our investors in a way that we're competitive. It is my firm belief and based on our experience working with the C-suites of organizations over the past 30 years, in each of us and in each of those leadership teams, there is that appetite to serve the, the broader good. As human beings, we all have it. This is instinct. Yes, or impulse, or mm. it's in us. This is part of what we call soul. I want you to talk about soul branding. I think a lot of people think of corporations almost as inanimate objects. How could they have a soul? How could this even be? <laughs> what is that? Yeah, thank you for, for stating it that way. That is precisely the obstacle to business being a vehicle of social good. And the obstacle is compartmentalization. The obstacle is thinking that business is something other than human beings working together for each other. Our best business schools have been training people to, to look only at the financial bottom line. And this is the problem. So the purpose of the corporation also has to be something that's aligned with humanity. Is that right? Yeah. When you're, uh, when you're vibrantly in touch with your values and you put your values first, and I'm talking about these soul values, when, you, when you're cognizant that everyone loves to contribute, and when you work for a company that is obviously a contributor, you're even more lit up as an employee and more creative and more innovative. And now, we'll discover how people are investing their money in ways that benefit humanity from Jenna Nicholas and Darren Dodson. The Spiritual Transformation of Impact Investing is read for us by EBBF member Daniel Truran from Spain. Jenna Nicholas, recently recognized with Stanford's Social Change Leadership Awards, and Darren Dodson bring many years of experience in working with or creating innovative financial impact investment solutions across continents. We heard from Darren and Jenna how they have seen a number of philanthropic and university foundations, personal wealth, faith-based institutions, leading a shift of investment to better align their values with where they put their money. Divest Invest is the new financial trend which is seeing the values-based individuals in those institutions influencing the decisions of organizations and of communities. By divesting from funds and from companies involved in carbon fossil fuel, in polluting, in arms creation and so on. And instead they're investing in green energy or water purification projects or other similarly positive investments. Spirituality, interestingly, is also at the heart of one of the oldest and definitely a pioneer of responsible investing, the Calvert Investments. With its founder, Wayne Silby, very much inspired by his Buddhist beliefs, bringing a framework of justice to the world of investments. Values-based individuals and organizations are now very actively using their wealth to influence. 
They're finding ways to make their money create a positive difference even when they are sleeping at night. So what is spiritual capital, we asked. Jenna thinks it's bringing one's full self to one's work. Sadly, many people working in finance see their day job as one thing and then their volunteer or values-based activity restricted to outside work activities or to a Sunday. But the depth of one's being or values do not show up fully when they work. Darren sees spiritual capital as assets people have internally and that they bring into organizations and into the consultation and into their decision-making. So what key questions should people ask, people who wish to invest more responsibly? The key good questions to start from are self-reflection. Self-reflection questions that start from asking oneself, what is important to me? What values? What areas of society do I wish to influence? Being clear about the length of time you have available to keep your amount invested. Attending some of the big responsible investment events is where one can familiarize oneself on the key questions, the key possibilities, and some innovative responsible trends. We ask, how did the financial crisis of 2008 affect the world of investment? Well, apart from highlighting the obvious, obvious risks of focusing on short-term profits and showing how totally unacceptable and the dire consequences of speculating on basic needs of a human being, such as their home, it also created an interesting side effect. Right now, the most talented university and MBA graduates no longer see Wall Street as the number one option. Instead, they are exploring new ways to be involved in the world of finance. And this is creating some very exciting new ways to see and to make finance happen. This is the kind of correction to injustice, wish to get into action quickly and make things right that is growing amongst younger generations and making the change actually faster. So, any closing suggestions? Jenna mentions how the fact that we are asking these questions about how to engage with companies to make sure the vision is not only maximizing profits but also values is the best starting point. There is such power in having communities and events such as the ones organized by BBF to explore daily reflections around these kind of aspects in work, especially if we live by the most elevated way to see work. Work is worship. Darren tries to create action, but also moments of reflection. Every day, he writes on a journal three bullet points. There he writes how spirituality shows up in his work. It's a life experiment to see if he's more connected to certain values and aspects to others. Thank you for joining us. We hope today's program has inspired you, our listeners, with ideas for discovering how we can all build a prosperous, just, and sustainable civilization. This has been Ethical Business Building the Future, Discovering How. Get more from this podcast by sharing your comments, an article, or a link to something that's important to you. You can contact us on our website, www.ebbf.org. I'm Jean Parker for EBBF, and I thank you for listening.